Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Frank Film Club. I'm Maisie Williams and I'm an actor and producer. I'm Larry Roberts and I'm a producer and filmmaker. I'm Hannah Marie Williams and I'm a casting director. And welcome to our club. Hello everyone, welcome back to Frank Film Club. This week we are talking about The Wonder, which is available to watch on Netflix and so I would really recommend that you give it a watch. It was based on a book written by Emma Donoghue and written for screen by Emma Donoghue again um, and Sebastian Lelio who also directed it and also Alice Birch who um, wrote Lady Macbeth some episodes of Normal People, Conversation with Friends. Mm. So we've got like some big, big names in here. Sebastian Lelio also did um, Disobedience. Did you ever see ah. that? Gloria. Rachel Ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Um, and then Emma Donahue also wrote Room and also wrote the ah. Room, the book. So she's a novelist and a screenwriter. Sensing. Multiple well, times. I've already learned a lot. So yeah. yeah. End of episode. So <laughs> that's that. It's great. No, it's really, really incredible film. Um, and I'm very excited to talk to you both about it. Uh, but first of all, how are you both? What have you both been up to? Yeah, I'm really good. Um, what have I been up to? I have been um, actually working through this really cool book that I got, which is called Healing... Mm, Healing trauma through something but it's like an exercise book and it's like it's, it's the first part was about trauma but the rest of it's like kind of just these really fun exercises where you get to draw and write things and write poems and stuff like that did you ever see that book milk and honey mm, yeah. yeah it's the same author who wrote that but now she's done like an exercise book i've been doing that it's been fun i've loved it i get my pens out i get it all colorful I'm like, no one's going to see this, but at the same time, if they did, if someone would happen to, like, steal it and read it, they'd be like, whoa, she's an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would buy that book. (laughs) Do you know what? I did something really similar over lockdown in the first year called The Artist's Way. Have you ever heard Ah, of that? No, no. No. That is, like, similar, but it's about finding your um, artist, inner artist. (gasps) And you do, um, there's a few different things to it. You take yourself on, like, an artist date every week where you do something artistic, different every week. And you write morning pages where you have to write, like, four pages just to see what comes out of your brain in the morning as soon as you wake up. There's loads of different things that you do. And, like, although it sounds a bit like, I don't know, like... Oh, like how self-indulgent. I actually felt like I learned a lot about myself. Um, and it was good because we were in lockdown. So mm-hmm. that sounds, that sounds really yeah. good. I want to get that. Yeah. The artist way. I will give it to you. It's really good. Oh, cool. yeah. Love a good book recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. And also I like to be productive as well. So it's like best of both. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? I've been... I've had quite a chilled week, actually. It's yeah. been really nice. We've got, like, a little bit of a in-between week. 
So I'm enjoying that and trying not to be like, why am I not busy? I need to get all of my worth out of doing shit. Um, I find that hard, but I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possible, but I'm glad to be here today. Good. Good. I'm glad. How yeah. about you? Yeah, same. Um, it's been quite good. We're uh, quite busy, actually, but also have just been like having a good time doing my routine and swimming and all that. But yeah, work's going well. Nice. But very happy to be here today talking about this. Yeah, thank you for picking this movie. You're very welcome. Uh, should we get into it? Let's do it. So, The Wonder. Um, it's got a stellar cast. We've got Florence Pugh playing Lib, Neve Alger as Kitty, Keela Lord Cassidy as Anna, Elaine Cassidy as Rosaline, Toby Jones as Dr. McBriarty, and Tom Burke as William. And there's many more people, like known actors in this film, but I'm not going to try and list them all because there's far too many. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for 10 biffers <gasps> and it won one biffer. So it nominated what? for 11 and won one of those, huh? which is pretty, pretty good. Um, and well, what were, you, what were your first thoughts when watching it? What did it win? Sorry, to a- answer your question with a question. Which one did he win? Which biffer? I believe it was music. Ah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I did love the music. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to enjoy it, actually. Because I'm not a big, as you know, I'm not a big period film person, especially anything like of this sort of era. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did really love it. And mostly down to the acting, the um, cinematography, the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a few of the shots were just really, I just love the way that they did a few of the things. And I thought the beginning was like, really made you sit up and I thought it was a really interesting choice. So overall, I really, really liked it. It's not my favourite film, but like as a viewing experience, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I also was like kind of hesitant going, well, not just like to sit down and watch it because I really wanted to love it and I knew that like tonally it was very interesting. I love suspense and I love like a bit of a mystery, but I think the period thing initially like made me... In the same way, like when I was watching Portrait of Lady on Fire, I was like, I knew it was going to be amazing, but I had just had to like get in through the door. And then that opening took me completely by surprise. And that was all I really needed then. And I was just really, really gripped. And I had this like idea of it being a kind of a period piece, but that just really like, I just kind of like lost that like awareness and just was so fascinated by just like the female story and like the, um, just the, yeah, I guess just like the sus- the suspense and like, yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. I really loved it. It like surprised me how much I loved it. Yeah. That's what you said. Same as you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Similarly, I had to kind of like bring myself to watch this and was a bit like, I'd seen that Florence Pugh had been posting a lot about it and seemed very proud of it. And I was like, okay, Obviously, people are very proud of this film. Like, I, we should probably give it a watch. But also, I still had that hesitancy for the same reasons as you guys have just said. And equally, was I just, I really, really loved it. And I feel like it really has something to say. And I loved what it was saying. And I thought it was a really good film. I didn't feel like it was too slow or anything, as much as I thought it might be a bit of a slow one. So, 
yeah, following on from that, what did you guys take from the film? What were you think it was? It was insane to you. This is like also what I wanted to ask you guys because I don't know. I really, I don't know. I still am a little bit confused. Well, I don't know if I can say confused. I am a little bit confused. I don't know what Neve Algar, um, Kitty. I I can't figure out what she wanted because she was narrating the whole thing and she introduced it and yeah. So I don't know. I was kind of just watching it as like the story just sort of like what was happening, but I couldn't really figure out what the duality of it was. Like, was it something to do with like, um, like women and like, uh, like withholding food or anything like that? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. So I'm not really being helpful. I can't <laughs> answer your question. Yeah, I, that's something that I definitely want to talk about or try and understand is what that meant because that's something that I was surprised about for the film because I think I love Neve Alga as like we all do. Um, and I felt like her role was quite small, but then, yeah, you're right. She was narrating and she does close the film, but I don't really understand. Like, what does she say at the end? In, out, in, out, which is what, um, the lib, yeah. Yeah. With the bird. Yeah. Uh, Anna is saying Anna. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Anna. Yeah. Is she free? Is she not free? Is she free? Is she not free? But then why is it Neve Alga that's doing that? And why is she dressed in like normal? I know because she's not on the set anymore. But yeah, that same thing. Like, what does that mean for it to be her doing that? Yeah. Is when the she's a whole small... story fictional? Yeah. Like it is. Yeah. But like... Well, I don't, I don't know entirely why it was Neve's character that had to say those things. But I just thought that overall the point of, of them going in and out of a story is because... It's about how like religion and belief, different beliefs are just based on a load of stories and we get so pulled into them that we believe them like we were getting pulled into this film and we were believing it and then suddenly she's like, oh, remember, you're still in, this is a story, but you just got fully, sucked you just in. got fully sucked into that, didn't you? Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I did. And that's what that, and I think it's saying like that is what religion can right. be, and that's what you oh get God. so sucked I'm so in. dumb. I did not get that no, at all. You know, I didn't. <laughs> did you get that? Yeah. Oh, I, but that's not that's not dumb. That makes that makes do, so much yeah, more sense. What do you think to that? If I had known that, if I had realised that, because if I had had the smarts, if I had, then I would have been like, oh, damn, that was good. So is that sort of to say like? No one is trying to, like, um, none of the characters are trying to hurt Anna. It's like they all just believe that this is, like, something otherworldly so deeply that they just want to believe that and they don't want Lib to kind of, like, figure it out. Yeah. And, like, we are also being, like, just, like, gluing ourselves to this story even though we also know it's not true. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. Yeah. And that's what Emma Donoghue, the a writer of the book and partly the screenplay, um, she has said that. She's like, I don't think any of the men in this story who are like the ones who would... A lot of the men kind of want it, want this watch to happen and they want to prove that she is, like, special and chosen. And she was like, I don't think any of them are bad people. I just think that they just have this hope and they really, really want it to be true. Mm. And they don't mean... Like, unfortunately, it's meaning that she's... Have like gonna? She's in a very dangerous position and isn't going through a lot of pain. 
but she was like, they, they actually don't mean for that to happen. And she's yeah. like, I don't think anyone is an idiot or mean in this story. They're just so caught up. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I want to watch it again. And also, actually, I'll just give you a little bit of background on where the story originated from with Emma. Yeah. So she had just been researching. She is Irish, I think. Yeah, she is. Um, and she'd just been doing a bit of research and had come across a load of cases just after, like a few years after the Great Famine in Ireland, um, where where girls were fasting. Um, and I think maybe it was for similar... I can't, actually, I'm not entirely sure of the reasons behind this. I'm not sure if she said. But there was a lot of cases of this, but unfortunately these girls were then dying. Yeah. And she was like, this is awful. And there were, pe- there were actually groups of probably men... Um, who would bring in people to watch the girls to try to figure out how, like, what was happening. But actually, these girls, were they were just dying. Okay. And she was like, this is mad. I'm going to make a fictional version of this, which is slightly less horrible, and that she's going to survive. And that's where it originated from. Fascinating. Yes. So that reminds me of, um, like, the fallen, like, mass hysteria amongst young girls. Yeah. And there's, like, there's a couple of, like, things, Bridge End in Wales. Yeah. There was like a mass, like everyone was copycatting each other, and it created this like little melting pot of yeah. It was, they were yeah su- suicide, suicide. Um, and that sounds like that sort of thing. Yeah. L- little girls like wanting to be immortal, special, like not have the famine like touch them. Although this was after, wasn't it? Yeah, a few yeah. years after, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, interesting that like when the f- when food was like available, then something like this happened. Yeah, because I, f- in researching eating disorders, it does happen only in places where food is like available and in abundance. And so it's like some sort of well, it's like self like any of these epidemics, like they're self inflicted pain. Wow, interesting. Mm, mm, yeah. I wonder if it comes from like a generational sort of trauma as well, because this is like 20 years after the famine, I think. Because mm. this is. This 1940 was. Set famine. in 1862. Uh, 1840 was the famine. Oh, yeah, okay. So maybe if it was young girls, maybe it was like a generational trauma thing. Like they wanted to connect to. Mm. Yeah. The stories. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Or like, like, or like not. Yeah, like just sort of punish themselves because of all of this pain that they know mm. that they've been like so lucky to have missed. Yeah, you know. So, but but the mother doesn't think that it's real because she's pretending. So so she doesn't believe. She's even lying to herself. I guess. Well, that's the thing. So she even so the mother and Anna they both know that she is taking uh, taking in food that she is eating. Yeah, but they are even so in like locking into their religion that they are like even this food is manna from heaven and they're like convincing themselves that that is it's not food it's the yeah you know Mm. and this alone can't be what's keeping her alive it's like this is even a gift from heaven yeah manna from heaven yeah i like yeah yeah yeah. wow it is it's like really clever and i'm it's very, <laughs> it's very spiritual. No, it's very spiritual. Yeah. 
And it's like, it's like, are you going to let go into that? So what did you make of the, bre the breaking of the fourth wall when you first watched it? You have kind of touched on it a little bit already, but yeah. I really liked it because I, it gave me something like an, an in, really. Yeah. Because I think I would have, I don't know, I think I would have struggled. I don't know why it is, what it is with like period things. There's just something that like I struggle to get through the door. But then it's like crazy because this film reminds me of Portrait of Lady on Fire. It reminds me of even Lady Macbeth. And I love both of those films and... They aren't like, I don't know what I think a period film is going to be because any ones that I've watched, I've really loved. So I just don't know what it is I'm scared of. Yeah. But it basically just helped me be like, don't worry, little one. It's just a film. <laughs> Come, on, Come on in. Come on through. You're going to love him. Bring here. your attention span over here. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I think that like those films are really good references because I can, I totally relay. But I can pinpoint what I love. I. I can pinpoint what I love about the, the, those three films and it's because they don't feel like the typical run-of-the-mill period films set in that period. They do something different. Yeah. Like, they're all grounded. Yeah. All really grounded. They don't speak in oldie-worldie language. Yeah. And the shots are very, like, what we come to, like, enjoy as accessible, beautiful yeah. cinematography. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this... Like, I just makes you sit up, and the way that the camera pans around and then goes into the set. Like, I love anything like that where we can see film sets on TV. I'm like, yeah, it's my job, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what it is about this film for me that I, yeah, it just makes you sit up a little bit. Yeah. What did you say? Mm. I'm not gonna lie, when it first went onto the studio, I was like, oh, this is very pretty. <gasps> oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm actually, um. The opposite. the opposite to you about I think seeing um, people making films in a film it really I I don't know why I really don't like it maybe because I too much it makes me think of work and it makes me really conscious that it is a film right you want to get which lost in, this film was the point so it's perfect and mm -hmm. it works and once I realized that it, it that's why it, it did it and that was a conscious choice to take you out of it I was like okay I can let it slide for this one yeah what what did you guys think about um, how when Liv like is going through the story and the more that she's like watching Anna and like we see her eating and it like becomes like a chore like what did you think of that yeah I really love the contrast of seeing like she's having to watch this girl every day not eating and then she goes to eat like we see her eating so much yeah and it makes, I mean, it kind of put into perspective how much we do eat, we do need to eat to survive. And you're like, okay, yeah, this really, how is this happening? But it did, it did really, she was like not really enjoying her food so much. Maybe it was because she felt guilty that she was eating whilst this, this girl upstairs starving. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I don't know. I wanted that, like I, it started to, when she started eating very like, rhythmically but like kind of like a zombie almost I wondered if there was she was going to take on any sort of like hysteria of it because like yeah I just mm. didn't know yeah I didn't know if it was going to start like really deeply affecting her and yeah 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 it did like yeah ended up not really being that way but that was sort yeah of, I got really like 
in the same way that the falling, like it start like it starts to seep through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked that food was a big part of it. Just to like, I just yeah. generally really love watching people eat. Oh, it's really strange. I find it, there's something about it that makes me feel like the person on the screen is relaxed, which makes me relaxed. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's just such a normal thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And then to have that emotion put into it is yeah, it's really interesting. But I just I love seeing it on screen anyway. But equally, if someone eats on screen and they eat like badly. Like they're like not eating enough. They're just playing with their food. Oh yeah, it no, really I... takes me out of it. So it needs to be done right, and then I love it. Yes, but when it's done badly, I'm like, that was like a... just pushing the the. Yeah, I'm like, just eat some. Yeah. <laughs> we had to do yeah. an eating scene the other day. Oh bloody hell! I hope you were having big scoops. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> because I didn't have a lot of dialogue, you know, and so. You can't push your food around and then look up to listen to what someone's going to say because you just listen as you're eating, don't yeah. you? So I ate a lot of food and I felt really sick afterwards. Oh, no. Um, but Ben, who was doing a lot of talking, was very good at the old. Oh. But that really annoys me as well when they keep on going and to eat and then they put it back down because I'm like, yeah, oh, you must be so hungry by now. Just have a bite. Yeah, you know? I kept saying, it really takes me out of it when people do that, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, let him know. He was like, I had two mouthfuls. And I was like, oh, fair play. I've had like seven. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, okay, I'm going to give you a bit more information about how the film got made. Yes. From book to screen. So, as we know, Emma wrote it. Um... It was then picked up by Ed Guiney and Tessa Ross, who were two producers. Um, it was produced by some other producers as well, but I believe these were the ones that originally had it. And they asked Sebastian to come on. So he really liked it. And then Florence came on. She was the first person to be attached. And then he was like, OK, amazing. We like this is definitely a really good team. We've got a good film. Cinematographer was Ari Wagner, who also did Lady Macbeth, Power of the Dog and Zola which is quite ah, a mad mix, but mm. excellent films. Um, and any guesses on the budget? Ooh. I've got it in dollars. Uh, 25. Eight. 20. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah. So that's a bit more, yeah, information overall. Mm-hmm. Something I did want to ask you about was the genre because this was like advertised as a psychological thriller and I wondered do you think do you think it lives up to that do you think it is a psychological thriller I don't think so in my own scale of things I wouldn't put this as a psychological thriller I'd put it as a mystery um because I don't feel I I would for me I would require lib to really lose herself a little more. I know she has a moment with the tube where she's like, what am I doing? But I don't think that she's like insane for doing that. Or, yeah. Like, I can see why she did it and then she regretted it. Yeah, whereas like, that's what I was looking for almost because it was kind of marketed as such. That's why when she was eating, I was like, oh, what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to feel? But yeah. Yeah. But I still have a mystery. Like, Yeah, no, I would have said mis yeah, mystery drama, yeah. But mm. it, I, I think it would have got more 
in the realm of psychological drama if they did play more into her you know because she has like a little drug routine mm-hmm. yeah. is it drugs i think so I is have... that what drugs is <laughs> <laughs> i think it is that but I haven't seen a set answer to this. One. Okay. I haven't found that in your if research. That was more of a thing than then then yeah, you would probably mm. go down that road, wouldn't you? Mm. I I would you have liked that? What if it was more of a psychological mm. No, because I think that because uh, I think that what it was was amazing. Like with the like with it being I guess in that ways then it is a psychological thriller because all of these people are like sort of lying to themselves and then we as like the watcher are also getting sucked into a story and like reading into it and then it's just like something that we're telling ourselves. So I like it for that. Um, but I didn't really get that on my own without your help. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would have, but now that I, we've spoken about it, I'm like happy with what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I agree. Yeah. I was also a little bit, um, this is one point that I'm still slightly unsure and I was like, I didn't fully know what she was doing there when I think it was like some kind of medicine or drug or something. And maybe that was her dealing with her grief from of her the child that died. Mm. But that was just the one bit that I was like, I don't fully get what's going on here. Can I say the thing I didn't fully like yeah get into was the relationship between her and tom burke's character mm. i don't i don't know if that i don't know if i really understood that i too don't think that he was um he wasn't like an integral part to the story at all which is maybe quite a nice thing for a man to be pushed to the side <laughs> but he he definitely was like you know she's deceitful and he's talking about Anna, but I feel like he almost helps um, Lib figure it out because she, he's saying that Anna's like a deceitful, like, I think that's the word he uses. Yeah. But then it ends up reading into um, the mum, sorry, I'm getting all my names mixed up, um, Rosaline. And I don't know, when I was listening to that, I was like, who is she? And then it ended up not being Anna. And even though I think that he was speaking about Anna. And then as soon as Lib was like, okay, this is like what the deal is. He was sort of like, I'm out. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like he was kind of helpful in her like fine piecing it together, even even though he didn't know what the answer was like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of a a little bit like he was just like showing one side of the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He helps her get there. A yeah. little, I felt. But may- it wasn't needed, I don't think. Mm. But I, I did, like, appreciate that conversation where it's like, there's more to what you are looking at here. Mm. And then it was like, okay, what yeah. am I missing? What am I missing? Tangent. But when when I was watching the scene where they have sex in the hallway, yeah, I was just thinking, is that... <laughs> what is the origin of the skirt? Like, is there a reason why women wear skirts and men wear trousers? And is this something really icky and gross? 
But I looked into it and you'll be pleased to know that men also used to wear skirts in the Roman times and times before. And they started wearing trousers because the men would ride horses. Oh. Okay. So now we know. Okay, good. Because that would have been a really horrible end <laughs> to that. That's fact. so funny. You watch that scene like, is this why ladies wear dresses? <laughs> <laughs> Looking down at my dress thinking, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's have a chat about all the casting choices yeah. of, um, of this film. So, as I said before, Florence was the per- first person attached. Um, and also, she, so she'd worked with some of these people before. Dream team. Yeah. Dream team. Like the cinematographer, Alice, on the story. So I think, And I think there was a lot of that with like other producers and the director had worked with one of the producers before mm. and all this. Um, so it was a very solid crew. Oh, yeah. Um, Florence's performance, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to say, I loved her accent so much, yeah. and I loved that she she wasn't from Southern England, because I feel like in so many, especially period dramas, but in most films anyway, it will always just be a posh Southerner that mm. comes in. And that you never so hear true. any other accents. No regional accents. No regional accents. Yeah. And and also think that she smashed the accent she was doing. Yeah, yeah. me too. It was it was nice, subtle. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it always in the book that the nurse comes from England, or is that because of casting that they made it? Because I just was like, would they? Is it because they had Florence, so they made it in English? But then she did an accent anyway. Yeah, it's true. I. I would imagine that would have been part of it because it's, like, another reason that they can, like, not trust her when she, like, figures it out. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. And also because Ireland, like, very religious at that time as well. So maybe she's coming in as, like, the she's less heavily tied Mm. to a religion Mm -hmm. from England. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, but that's a guess. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Am I right in thinking, though, that, like, it was a... The famine was really awful and it affected Ireland and England did very little and basically made it worse. That should not have happened. No. But, like, I feel like it adds that other layer where it's, like, there's, like, generational pain and distrust of England. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Classic. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The mum and daughter, mum and daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was just thinking that when you said they're both Cassidy. Yeah. So, uh, Keela Lord Cassidy 
is Elaine Cassidy's daughter. So that's Anna and um, oh god, what's her? Anna and her mum. Is that because it was made during COVID and like what you were talking about? Yeah, so it was made during COVID. <gasps> yeah. That makes sense. And I, she hadn't she's hadn't really done much before this, right? I don't think so. Because um, Elaine Cassidy, she's like a She's an actor already. Yeah. And, also, and so is um, Keela's dad, Elaine's. <gasps> Who's Keela's dad? Uh, Stephen Lord. Um, so he's also an actor. And so they were both... Well, he was usually on set, like, supervising. Yeah. But apparently, like, that relationship was really, really good because he knew, as an actor himself, he, like, knew, like, he was in on the discussions, especially when there's, like, the scene where mm. Florence puts, like, does a tube down his throat. Like, that's quite mm. awful. And also just a very emotional scene at one point as well. And so having actors as parents and also them being on their own set and having those conversations with all of the, the rest of the cast and crew was apparently, like, very... Very, very good. Mm. Ke- Keela doesn't have an Irish accent in IRL. No. <gasps> She's got a northern accent, but mm. Elaine does. Yeah. I'm not sure about Stephen. I thought her accent was really good. Yeah, She's was. probably, like, grown up hearing it. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Mimic her mum. She was absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. She was 11. That's <gasps> 11. Wow. Really good. Yeah. Very mature performance. Mm-hmm. Such a p- mature performance because the... The character in it, like herself, is an extremely mature, spiritual, like person. Mm. So, which kind of feels, I don't know, when you watch her, you're like, gosh, she just seems so wise. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, she, so I, I've listened to an interview with her because I just wanted to know who she was. I've not, not seen her in anything before. And, um, the it really annoyed me because the interviewer, it was a journalist, it was someone on a um, radio station, really spoke to her like she was a child. Mm. And you could just tell she had so much to say and he just patronised her mm. and it really yeah. annoyed me. That like, is annoying. She's, a, she's an artist now, okay? She's like done a really incredible job on this yeah, piece, yeah. which is like very um, dif- a difficult role. Yeah. And I just thought that's really disrespectful. Yeah. She was actually incredible. Mm. That's yeah. really shitty of that interview. Were. It's really funny that we do that because, like, you have all these memories from when you're young and, like, you were, like, sentient and coherent for so much of it. But then all of a sudden, like, as adults, we just, like, pretend that kids don't know what's going on and that, like, you know, ask really simple questions and, like... But it's, like... It is really odd, really bizarre, and especially mm. in this situation, just like ask a, just ask a like question, ask a real question. Yeah. You know? Did you see that when you were younger? Yeah, I think I did, and I think I used to go off all the time, like I'm so grown up, like I know what's going on, <laughs> and I used to get so mad about it. Like I wanted to be taken seriously, and I was like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and I was like. I'm not that young kind of thing. And I do laugh about it now because I look at 14, 15, 16-year-olds and go, I know what people saw. And there is an immaturity and there is, like, a naivety. But, like, there's also, like, uh, I don't know. There's, like, there is a point to be made. And, I yeah, I felt like it was really hard to do that without people going, well... When you get to my age, you'll know. Because I still go back on those things and was like, actually, like, I, it's just still a piece of truth in like all of those like wild opinions and things. But it's just like I don't know. Yeah, mm. I think there's something interesting in 
young naivety anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like, that shouldn't be something that we, like... We go, no. oh, well done. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, let me know how you feel about it again in five years' time. No. I feel like we even still get patronised now in our work it's at true. this age. It's yeah. True. Which is ridiculous. And I like just, that... I can't be old enough, I can't be young enough. It's, yeah. like, not a right age to be. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Like it's patronizing in general, to do. yeah. Like it it's is. people, it's something that people do. I don't know if people mean to do it, but it's such an awful thing. Yeah, it's such a ho- horrible thing to do. Yeah. Well, well, I've, I hopefully have never done that to anyone. We, well, we are aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Age. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> kind of going back to the. Is it psycholo- uh, psychological thriller, like the mood of the film? What did you think about Anna? Did you find her creepy? Because I've I've heard some people being like, oh my God, we're so on edge the whole time. Found her really, really spooky. But I can't say that I felt that way. No, I didn't. No, no. I felt maternal towards her and I think that's what Lib obviously felt as well. Mm. Yeah. I felt her like, we said it already, but like really wise, like all knowing and... Um, yeah, it just like kind of made me very like drawn to her, mm. but like I didn't, yeah, I did, I felt drawn to her. I didn't feel like, yeah, yeah, it was like she had all the secrets, she was like calculated, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, mm. yeah, she's 12. Good, I'm glad that you also both felt that way because I was like, I've heard a lot of people say that they found her creepy. So like, interesting. Yeah. She wasn't like, you know, when people give a creepy performance as a creepy child. Mm. Maybe that's what people thought that she was doing. But, like, I also find that not to be creepy either because I, like, know what you're trying to do. Like, you're trying to make me feel... So maybe in that sense, that's why they found her creepy because she was actually just being very, like, real Mm. and being very open and not trying to be... Mm. We're we're casting a kid at the moment (laughs) that is, like, 13 and he is a creepy kid Mm -hmm. but the same thing like we're not looking for it's like when somebody comes in and gives a creepy performance we're like no it is it's more like you have to be intelligent and knowing and like that be intimidating in some way maybe that's like what people found creepy that is very true yeah yeah which is then kind of fair enough being clever is so creepy yeah we're just so creepy (laughs) it's too smart (laughs) (laughs) i'm not today um well there was one scene that Emma Donoghue featured. Well, she was an extra, but it got cut. Oh, which is so sad. That is so sad. <laughs> yeah, um, but also like fair play that they were like, you know what? For the good of the story, we've got to cut out the author <laughs> and the writer. Will you be cameoing in your future films? Oh my god, absolutely! I don't know that you can because it might be a bit obvious. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> the way I was nodding, I yeah. was like, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I guess. No, maybe you should. You could just be like a teeny yeah, just face. a little. I would like. I would be not with my face. It would just be at the back of my head. Yeah, like, and I'll character. always be in front of you talking. Yeah, things. it's the lead character. They're like charging out, and then they go, "And what are you?" looking at and it's just the back of my head yeah <laughs> and yeah so you just see the, the actor yeah and great and then I walk off camera I'll I like that. that right we'll in. do that every time yeah would okay. you I have <gasps> yeah yeah, yeah. Love in that. what? But I, but I didn't put myself there. I used to cast extras, as mm. you know, and then I would go down on set and then I would get roped into being on we it. We need an extra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right then. What did you think about the general aesthetics of the film? It's all shot in Ireland. It's bloody cold. 
what, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, you go. That is something that I did notice, though. I was like, they weren't wearing any jackets. It looked freezing, and they weren't wearing jackets. Occasionally, she had a throw on, like a little jacket throw. Yeah. But occasionally, she didn't, and I thought, oh, chilly. Well, it was shot in Irish summer, actually. That really? Was, that was an Irish summer, <laughs> which is hilarious, because it looks so bleak. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe, I think, although I have seen in interviews, that they were like, it was really cold. <laughs> but... That must just be island for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got the feeling that it was cold, but, like, not in the traditional tropes that they do. Like, I found it to be a really vibrant movie and really, like, even though there was a lot of blue and grey or whatever, like, I still found it to be, like, really bright. Yeah. You know? Even though it was depicting, like, bitter, bleak winter. Mm. Like, you know how sometimes it's just, like, real blue-washed and it kind of looks like... A dream or a memory and it's like really like it wasn't it had real her skin was so warm and her hair and also inside with the fire and stuff like that mm. but and even the blue like had like a real like electric quality to it and it wasn't cold even though like I could tell it was cold and I like that yeah that was also what kept me in it and I didn't feel like it was a traditional period thing it felt like like electric yeah. yeah charged well yeah. um they did in i think in the pub the um art department or um the painters had they painted the whole thing entirely red and then sebastian came in and was like whoa <gasps> like what are you doing they're like no this is the underlayer and then we're going to put green or maybe it was blue on top <gasps> but then you'll just see little specks of red that come through <gasps> so like maybe it's things like that that they've just really like laid it up so that you get those little warm specks and yeah. maybe it's that yeah definitely i feel like that like it had this depth to it where it wasn't just like a wash of like everything's blue now mm. it just it felt yeah. really like alive textured that's so interesting yeah underpainting yeah. yeah I've heard it's very important for artists so. yeah it's probably and there it is do it on every film to be fair yeah but happening in the flesh yeah love yeah. it my favourite shot was where she's um, Lib is walking across the field and then the mountains, mm. the shape of the mountains then turn into fade into her lion in the bed yeah beautiful simpler do you realize that oh it's lovely oh. in fact i'm taking credit for noticing it but warren was like oh my god wow what a shot let me rewind it and then i was like okay wow. and it was perfect it was the line of the oh, hills cool. the shoulder yeah vfx jobby interesting i didn't notice that oh i'll have to go rewatch that it's very beautiful noted mm. so what were your final thoughts on the film, ladies? I am going to actually go and rewatch it today because it's freezing cold outside and I feel like this movie is like the perfect, you know, perfect for a nice cold day because I didn't get like the most important thing about it the first time around and I'm kind of mad at myself, but I did still really enjoy it. Um, and so if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't watch the film yet, then that's the point of the film. So <laughs> <laughs> Lowry just told us the point of the film. So yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it and I'm probably going to enjoy it more this time um but still loved it yeah yeah I feel like I've been scored you know this film club we're like um we're having a full and frank conversation without like any we just did not like we're not 
And we're honest about that. Sometimes yeah. you can watch a film and you can miss the point and that's totally fine. Yeah. Go and watch it again. Have a conversation. Go and watch it again. Yeah. And then it'll be even better yeah. that you'll realise that, that you missed those things. That's so, so true. So I feel the exact same way. And I am so glad we spoke about it on the podcast. Otherwise, I'd just be walking around thinking, yeah, that was good. You look nice. And you? Um, yeah, I really, really loved this film. Unexpectedly loved this film. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God, it's really... I've already spoke to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll probably also watch it again, which is great because that's the rarity nowadays with all these films. There's too mm-hmm. many options. Too many. Also, it's such a cool A team. And I really love it when people like work together again. And we had Lady Macbeth and we had this. And what was the other one that we were going Room. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. What a team. Yeah. Mm. I. I I hope that they they do something together again. Yeah. And we'll do it here on Film Club. But yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Very cool. inspiring. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me, girls. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much for picking this movie. Yeah, thank You're you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us for that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, next episode, we're going to be speaking about 10 Things I Hate About You, which is an absolute classic. If you haven't seen it already, it's directed by Jill Junger and you can watch it on Amazon Prime and there's probably a few other places as well. So go and watch it and then join us back here next week for more Frank Film Club. This podcast was presented by Wrapped.